This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. All right, welcome to the uh, Employment Law Show. Good to have you back here again. we got so much to cover, whether you're in uh, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Love having you here. And over the last few weeks, we've been, uh, as we do every show, we get to a ton of emails, which we're going to do on the show today. First of all, I want to give you some contact information. Uh, for Lior, anytime, one 821 5900 for Lior and his team. Lior, by the way, co-founding partner, Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the land. How about that? Coast to coast. So we're loving that. Uh, again, one 821 5900 Email anytime is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But I'll tell you. Even before the email, even before the phone call, an excellent website for you, absolutely free and anonymous. Tons of employment law information to be learned there, and also the severance pay calculator. How handy is that tool? That is also as part of this website, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. So we got a ton of emails, as mentioned. Uh, we're going to get through those on the show today, Lior, but we always start with the uh, the week that was. My pal, how are you? What's uh, What's going on on your end? I don't think you'd be surprised to hear, John, that it's been another incredibly busy week. A lot of people contacting me, my office, uh, with questions about their workplace right, uh, their, their situation, and wanting to get some advice and guidance. Well, that's great. That's exactly what I want you all to do. If you're listening right now, know that there's something you can do about your workplace questions, your problems. There are answers. There are solutions. You're going to learn a lot during this show like you do on every show, but there's always that other option. Which is probably even a better option, which is to reach out in the office and have a private discussion so that we can go over your situation, give you the advice you need, and you walk away armed with the knowledge that you need to have. So don't be bashful. Make mm-hmm. that call throughout the show today. We'll give you email addresses, phone numbers, website, so we'll, we'll connect you with me uh, multiple times. But like I do, John, on every show, always like to start off with a couple situations that came across my desk because there's certainly going to be some important lessons to be learned. So the first matter I'll tell you about, I spoke uh, earlier in the week with a gentleman who had been put on a on a temporary layoff a number of months ago uh, because, of course, the pandemic, because of COVID-19. Right. Uh, he very much wanted to go back to work, and he'd followed up with his employer numerous times over the past few months uh, about you know coming back to work. A couple of times his employer responded with something vague, uh, yeah, we'll see, we're looking into it. Other times, he didn't even get a response. Well, he waited. Very recently, though, he heard from a colleague that the company hired two new employees, and he thought that was very strange. I mean, why are they hiring people if I'm still here sitting off on a leave? And he contacted the company and asked, you know, what does this mean? Never even got a response. Well, I think at that point, he's had enough, and he called me, and he wanted to know what are his his rights. So, John, this is a very important question and the situation because there's so many people that are exactly in the same boat. They've been put on a temporary layoff because of the pandemic. They're still waiting, trying to figure out what to do. So here's how this all works. If you've been put on a temporary layoff, you don't have to wait. You don't have to follow up with the company and see what the company's intentions are. You can make the decision yourself to treat that layoff as a termination of employment. You don't have to to wait for the company to make that decision. You are able to make that decision yourself. 
So if you're on a temporary layoff, the two options, of course, are to do what this person did and follow up and keep your fingers crossed and hope for the best. Sure, right. you can do that. That's option one. Option number two is you can make the decision whether on day one of the layoff or day 100 of the layoff that you want to see, you want to consider that as a termination. You've terminated my employment and now you owe me severance. That's as much as 24 months, depending on how long you've worked there, etc. So what I told this person is you've been terminated. You are owed severance and I'm going to help him get that severance. But as a reminder, you don't have to wait on a temporary layoff. You can choose to treat that as a termination. If you're in that situation, if you've had enough, if you want to just get the compensation you're owed and move on, give me a call. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. This is going to be massive news for people who have been sitting around for months, if not close to two years, twiddling their thumbs, thinking they had no option but to, uh, you know, hurry up. Uh, what's your hurry? Like, there's this, there's, there's, this is enlightening to them because they, they probably feel completely lost at this point, right? Well, they do, and you can get a lot of conflicting information out there about the legality yep. of temporary layoffs. Well, hey, hopefully what I'm saying now is clear. There's nothing uh, ambiguous here. That temporary layoff is a termination, and that's the, that's the good news. You have the choice. You have the power. If you want to use that power to say enough is enough, you can do it. And again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. I mentioned that website before. There's a whole section on uh, you know all these things that we talk about on the show every week. I'm moving on to your second matter. What do you got? So I got a call from uh, a lady uh, this week who had gotten a doctor's note saying that okay. for medical reasons she cannot get the vaccine. And what had happened previously with some uh, other shots, she had gotten a very bad reaction, and her doctor felt that because of that, she should not get the vaccine. It wouldn't be a good idea for her. That was her doctor's decision. So she, she provided a doctor's note to the company saying for medical reasons, uh, the doctor said she should not get the vaccine. Well, the employer looked at that and said, well, that's not good enough. We need your doctor to spell out why. What's, what's the medical reason that's right. preventing you from getting the vaccine? Well, this lady didn't want to. There's, she's entitled to some privacy and she wasn't comfortable telling her her telling the employer her medical history. So she contacted me and wanted to know what to do. So I hope our regular listeners understand and remember that an employer cannot demand to know what your medical condition is. Your employer is entitled to know whether you can work or not or whether there's any limitations that you have because of medical reasons. But the, the actual medical condition is not something your employer can demand. So in this situation, her employer should have known and should have is entitled to know whether she can not get the vaccine for medical reason. But they're not entitled to ask and dig into and demand to know what the specific medical condition is. They're simply not. Doesn't matter what it is, her doctor concluded. Remember, the doctor has the power to decide whether something is good or not. And your employer only needs to know your prognosis, not your diagnosis. So what I told her is your employer legally cannot do anything to you if you don't provide the specifics of your medical condition. If they let you go, if they do anything, that's not just a wrongful dismissal, that's a human rights violation. So when it comes to vaccines, just like with every other situation, your doctor's note has to stipulate there's a medical reason and a medical issue, but not what that condition is. You have a right to privacy, and that's where that line is crossed. 
get to our first email for the show. This one coming from Paul. Again, help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the, the way to do it. Paul says, hey, Lior, my boss just told me that I have to get a COVID vaccine in the next two weeks or I am out of a job. Is this legal? Well, John, this is the single most common question I've oh, been no getting kidding. over the past four or five months. Uh, you know, thousands of people have contacted my office over that time with variations on this question. So, my, my answer may surprise you because my answer is that whether it's legal or not doesn't really matter that much. Here's what I mean by that. His employer is doing it anyway, and the law can't stop his employer from letting him go if he doesn't get the vaccine. It's going to happen. Now, if he gets, the, uh, gets let go or if he is suspended, he's entitled to severance. Because an employer does not have the, the legal right to require it and fire someone for cause if they don't do it. So it's not a question of legality. It's a question of what is he owed as a result. He has to make the decision. Same with you at home. If you're put in, uh, if this vaccine uh, policy or mandate is imposed by your employer, what is better for you? Is it better to get the vaccine and keep your job? Or are you better off not getting the vaccine and leaving with severance? That is your decision. I can't tell you which one is better but what i can tell you is that in most cases if you are let go because you did not get the vaccine that's not a for cause termination regardless of what the employer may say that's a without cause termination and you're going to be owed your full severance in that situation yeah i wonder how many people are in the same boat thinking this that uh, you know they get so much confusion with working for the government or a government mandate i mean there's a lot of confusion in that regard uh, as well right Absolutely. So certainly if there's a government mandate that applies to you, so again, depending on where you are, if you work for the government, there may be a, a, a government mandate. But if there's no government mandate that applies to you, but the employer chooses to implement its own policy, and that's why you're let go, yeah, you're going to be entitled to severance. You're not going to be getting severance if the government comes in and says, we're requiring this. In that situation, your employer doesn't have a choice. But if your employer is not required, but they choose to do it anyway, you're going to be owed severance if you lose your job. Quick break. Right back at it. More emails on the way. And who is providing those? You are. Simple. Help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out to Lior's team anytime. 1-855-821-5900 and pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Free, anonymous, fantastic website. Lots more of that is on the way. And we'll continue with the Employment Law Show. All right, welcome back, Employment Law Show. Reaching out to uh, Lior anytime you would like, whether you're in uh, you know Calgary or Edmonton, Vancouver, feel free to do so. Have a chat. It won't cost you anything just to get your bearings and learn a little more. Right, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The email address we're using today, for the most part, as we get through the email uh, inbox, is help at employmentlawyer.ca. But there's also tons of stuff you can learn and be aware of at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That was all designed not for the lawyers. That was designed for you as a listener to learn more about employment law. Many of the questions you might have come up during the show. While you're listening, continuing on the remainder of the hour, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Chances are it can be answered there. If not, reach out, like I said, to that number. And get a hold of uh, Lior's crew, the co-founding partner, Sam Firu Tamarkin, LLP. That is the name of the firm. Compensation you deserve. Call them. Get the advice you need. Get that compensation. They have uh, successfully helped tens of thousands of Canadians across the country do exactly that. Uh, moving down to uh, Travis. Lior Travis is the next guy. He says, hey, Lior, can I be fired from my job because of COVID when other employees with less seniority, they're still working? 
So remember the general rule of termination of employment, and that mm-hmm. is your employer can let you go at any time and pretty much for any reason as long as they pay you severance. So what flows from that is that an employer does not have to consider seniority when terminating employees. Now, from a fairness standpoint, I think an employer should absolutely consider seniority and and do it that way. But from a legal standpoint, the employer can decide to let someone go even though they're more senior or a better employee or, or what have you, as long as they pay the employee proper severance. Now, Keep in mind, we're only talking about non-union employees here. Uh, everything pretty much we talk about on the show only applies to non-union employees, does not apply to unionized environment. In a union situation, an employer does have to account for seniority. But for non-unionized employees, no, his employer can let him go even though he's more senior, but severance was going to have to be paid. And remember, the longer you work, the more severance you're owed. So if he's been there for a while, he could be looking at months and months of severance, maybe even as much as 24 months pay. So not fair, not nice, but legal so long as it gets proper severance. Travis, if there's any other controversy or you got something scratching your head, reach out by phone. You know the email address, obviously, that one 821 5900 Greg is coming up next. Another. We're going back to COVID. Greg says, because of COVID, my company has been regularly late in paying me and other employees. Sometimes it could be as much as one week after we're supposed to be paid. This makes life very difficult. Is there something I can do, Lior? Well, no doubt it makes it difficult. I mean, many individuals, you know, kind of live paycheck to paycheck. They depend on their pay coming in on a certain date so that they can meet their own financial obligations. And from an employment law standpoint, it's actually quite basic. One of the, if not the most fundamental obligation that an employer has is to make sure you get paid for the work that you did on the date that they're supposed to pay you. It's the, you know, it's probably one of the top two or three obligations that an employer has. So if the employer consistently meets or doesn't meet that obligation and pays you late and you know leaves you hanging not knowing when you're going to get paid, that's unacceptable. So there's a couple of things you can do about that. Number one is you can file a complaint with the, with the Employment Standards Branch or the Ministry of Labor uh, local to where you are. Uh, and, the, and the government can come in and literally fine your employer for not meeting its obligation. So that's one option. Another option is you can say, wait a second, employer, by breaching the terms of my employment, instead of paying me on Friday, you're paying me the following Thursday, that's a constructive dismissal. You've terminated my employment by not meeting your obligations. Now I'm going to leave and you're going to have to pay me severance. So if you want to continue working, going through the government is the best option, the Employment Standards Branch, the Ministry, Ministry of Labor. If you've had enough and you just want out of there, then the constructive dismissal approach is the better one. You can leave with compensation. For that, by the way, John, government can help you. For that, you have to call me. But those are the options. And certainly, you shouldn't just accept that you get paid whenever your employer uh, decides to, even though it's because of COVID. uh, If you can't afford to pay your employees, you shouldn't have your employees work. Greg, appreciate the uh, the reach out with the email again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. If you get any more static from the uh, from the employer, the number is always there for you to use. Nancy's up next again. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Nancy's email. I've had to miss work on several occasions because of a medical issue that I'm dealing with. My boss told me that if I miss more work, I shouldn't bother coming back. Can he do that? 
all heart that that boss right no all kidding heart. kindness the and, and heart yeah no seriously uh no he can't do that the boss can't do that why because it's not her fault that she's sick it's she's not the, uh, deciding not to work she's not uh yeah, you know being, being a bad employee it's simply a situation beyond her control the only thing you need in order to be able to be off work legally is your doctor's support so all she needs, John, is a doctor's letter, a doctor's note saying she cannot work for medical reasons. Whether it's a, an extended absence or several short absences, if the doctor says she needs to be off, she needs to be off, and her employer cannot do anything for her. Let's be very clear. She cannot be let go because she's sick. She cannot be let go because her doctor says she has to be off work. That would be a human rights violation, not to mention a wrongful dismissal, illegal. So all I would tell her is make sure you get that doctor's note. And if your employer does anything, you call me right away and we'll get this resolved. And as a general rule, I've said this at the top of the show, but it's, it bears repeating. Your doctor has a tremendous amount of power. Yeah. If your doctor says you need something, accommodation, help, uh, or you need time off work, if, as long as your doctor says that, now the employer has to figure out a way to make that happen and you can't be punished in that situation. How about the uh, what is often the follow up with something like this, and then she's off, and then the employer maybe uh, maybe not sophisticated, doesn't know that much about employment law, what they can and can't do. Says, okay, I get it. There, uh, thanks, Nancy. What's wrong with you? Why are you off? What's your problem? How, how, why yeah. are you ill? Yeah. And John, this happens a lot more often than you think. An employer says, well, we need more information from your doctor. We need to know the medical condition that you have, or what medication you're on, or you know, what specialist you may be seeing. Uh, so give us that information. No, wrong, irrelevant. It doesn't matter if Nancy has a herniated disc in her back or if she's suffering from anxiety and depression. It does not matter to the employer, should not matter. What matters is whether she can work or not. If she cannot work, the nature of her condition is irrelevant, number one, and number two, it's personal and private. And her employer cannot demand that. We touched on that at the beginning of the show. That's the difference between prognosis and diagnosis. Your employer can expect to know about your prognosis. In other words, do you need to be off? For how long? Is there any accommodation that you need? That's relevant and important information. But your employer cannot demand to know your diagnosis. Tell me what your medical condition is. No, that's offside. You don't have to give that information, and you can't be punished legally for refusing to provide it. The reach out uh, information one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred help at employmentlawyer.ca. And if you haven't gone there before, just employmentlawyer.ca. Shrink that down. That'll get you to the uh, the firm website. And once you are there, you will find links to our long running TV show as well, a thirty minute uh, tele- televisual feast, as we like to say, of what we talk about here every week on the radio, thirty minutes long. So you can check that out uh, on YouTube as well. So have a look at those. We'll try to get to uh, Fred here quickly before we get into a break in a couple minutes. Fred says, I got into an argument with my boss and was fired on the spot. No compensation. I've always been a good employee and have worked for the company for five years, Lior. Can I get my job back? So the answer is no in the sense that there's no legal mechanism to to make the company take him back. Even though it may have been just a a one-off, out-of-character incident, The law does not have the ability to make the boss, to make the employer take the employee back. But what the law can absolutely do is make the employer pay severance. 
and that's significant, up to two years' pay. Now, even though he got into an argument and maybe he said some things he shouldn't have said, that does not mean that that deprives him of severance. That's not just cause. For it to be just cause, it would have to be something pretty bad, nasty, and awful. And getting into an argument, kind of a heat of the moment thing, it's not going to be that. So it does sound like he was wrongfully dismissed in the sense that he's owed compensation, he's owed severance. Unfortunately, there's no real way to get him his job back, John. Yeah. Elaine, you are up next with your email. Appreciate it. Stand by for that and for you as well. Still got some time to email us here on the show and uh, get some answers. How about that? It's help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the number to reach out to Lior, member of his team, he'll take care of you for sure. Have that uh, initial chat clear up some uh, some things you don't know. one 821 5900 Employment Law Show continues. Stand by. Welcome back, Employment Law Show. Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in the country. Reach out if you're listening in Calgary or Edmonton or Vancouver. Love having you on the show. Love having you contribute every week. Either phone calls or emails is is perfectly fine. You want to reach out to Lior, by the way, and his team ready to uh, to assist you, answer some questions, make you that much smarter. One eight five five. 821-5900. Just keep that number in your phone if you ever need it. Spread it around to friends and colleagues if they need it in these very turbulent times of the employment law world for sure. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address we pull from every week on the show, and we will continue to do so. Elaine, thank you for uh, for chiming in the last few minutes. Your email is next, as promised. Says, hey, Lior, I, I quit my job because my employer owed me $4,000 in overtime and vacation pay, and he refused to pay. I asked for my payment many times, and he always promised that he would pay, but never did. Is there something I can do to get the money owing? Well, absolutely, yes. And, and you know, we talk about fundamental yep, obligations, yep. right, that an employer has. Well, they have to pay you. And that means overtime, that means vacation pay, that means your salary, that means whatever it is that you've earned and the company owes. So if the company doesn't do that, sure, you can get paid and, and to get paid those amounts probably the easiest way to go about it is to as I mentioned earlier uh, earlier to file a complaint with the employment standards branch or the Ministry of Labor where you are and they'll come in and they'll order the company to pay and they can find them in a very big way if the, they delay or try to avoid it but there's something else here uh, and, and this is again one of those situations where she's quitting Elaine is not because she doesn't want to work there she's quitting because She's owed money and she's not getting yeah. paid. Well, again, constructive dismissal. If you're working and you're not getting paid or the company is not meeting its obligations, you can say that by doing that, you've terminated my employment. So even though I'm leaving, or in this case, Elaine's leaving, she's only leaving because the company did something to her. The company didn't do what it was supposed to. So that's a termination. So Elaine, not only can you get paid what you wrote, you can also pursue this as a constructive dismissal and get severance over and above those amounts. To pursue this as a constructive dismissal, to get your severance, with that, the government can help you. I have to get involved with that. But it's a very important uh, question and a good reminder there for employees and employers that if the employee quits, not because they want to, not because they feel like it, because the employer is not doing something that it's supposed to do. It's breaching the terms of employment. The law doesn't look at that as a resignation. The law, the law looks at that as a termination. And if it's a termination, then, of course, severance must be paid. All right, Bill is up next. Uh, Bill says, hey, guys, I'd like to take some time off next summer to travel, about two months. 
How should I approach my employer about taking unpaid time off, and what do I do if they uh, say no? So this is not a, an easy thing to answer, only because Bill's employer does have the right to decide when Bill takes vacation, how much vacation at a time, and it is strictly in the discretion of the employer. So there's no mechanism to require the employer to allow him to take two months off. So ultimately, if the, if the company says, no, we're not going to do that, there's not much that he can do. Now, he can certainly always quit, and that's fine, but that's just a resignation, and that's not going to really make his employer do anything. So yeah. what I would do here is I would have a good conversation with his employer and explain this to him and say, listen, I've been a, always been here when you needed me and always worked hard and haven't taken much time off. So I want you to work with me and give me some time. I want to take my family on this special trip or what have you. And I think most employers will try to work with them and try to make it happen. But ultimately, it is the employer's decision. And if the company refuses to let him go uh, for that long, refuses to schedule his time off exactly when he wants that time off, there's not much that can be done from a legal standpoint. If it's a situation, though, where someone has maybe gotten prior approval or whatever, and they've gone as far as booking plane tickets or you know bus tickets, whatever, they've, they've, they've made some you know monetary effort to make a reservation somewhere, and the employer turns around and says, oh, you know what, uh, we've kind of fallen on uh, you know lean times, and uh, I've had to let a few people go, so on and so forth, so I need you to skip that vacation and take it later on. What you, what's your options then? Does someone really take the bus on vacation, John? I'm not sure about that. Maybe. <laughs> they uh, may be lacking, okay? They may love the bus. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's, it is fun. Uh, That's right. No, but if you've already scheduled vacation because it's been approved and you've relied on that, you've made arrangements, you booked flights or hotels or what have you, yeah, your employer at that point can't just take that back unless they find a way to kind of compensate you for what you may have lost. So if you've gone that far in reliance on your employer to make arrangements and, uh, and, and you know, book things, it's too late for the company to change their mind. But never do that. Never book things, schedule things until you actually have the approval. Don't assume that your employer is going to say yes. Once they've said yes, go ahead and do your thing. And at that point, it's really going to be tough for the company to take it back. Again, reaching out as we uh, have so far this show, you want to reach out. It's uh, best ways through email. It's quickest right here and now. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the phone number after the show, anytime, one 821 5900 And uh, let's, get to, uh, let's get to Beth. She's been there for a while. Beth says, hey, Leora, I've been on a medical disability uh, leave for three months. My employer is putting pressure on me to return to work. They say that the business really needs me. And I'm afraid that if I don't return, I won't have a job there anymore. you have any advice for me? Sure. Uh, well, you know, I'm sure it's nice to be needed and wanted. That's very nice. But at the end of the day, what Beth has to do is take care of herself and her health. Mm -hmm. So I would tell her this. Focus on that. Do what you need to do to get healthy. Follow your doctor's advice, the treatments that you need to, so that you can be healthy and good to return to work at some point. Don't worry about your job in the meantime. Your employer can't do anything to you because you're on a medical leave. They can't fire you because of that. The time for them to assess their ability to take you back is when you're clear to return to work. So all you have to do is tell your employer, listen, I'm, I'm working on getting better. It may not be next week, but whenever I am, I'll come back, and that's it. Don't fall for that pressure. Don't feel that pressure. Uh, if you do, you, you may regret it later. If you go back to work before you're ready, uh, you may end up, 
hurting yourself or you may end up making your medical situation even worse. So when it comes to medical leaves, all I have to say is that the ability to take you back can only be looked at and decided when you're ready to return to work. Until then, don't stress out over it. What your employer does doesn't matter, not until you're ready to return. Well, we all, you know, we always say in matters like that, you know, your medical team, your doctors, whoever is is a gatekeeper of your health, and they have final say whether you're ready to go back to work, or at least even try to go back to work. And if you are, say it's on modified duties, you maybe can't lift this, you can only uh, sit here for so long, or work this many hours during the week. Accommodation, in other words, what happens if your employer says, yeah, you know what, I'm not taking you back until you're 100% ready to do the job as you were prior. Another thing that I've seen happen so many times, yeah. and so very illegal because an employer, as you've just alluded to, has a duty to accommodate. Your employer has a very strict obligation under human rights laws to provide the help and support that you need if you have a medical condition. That may mean modified hours or duties. That may mean giving you flexibility to work from home if that's what your doctor needs. Your employer can't decide they're not going to do that. They can't decide that they only want you back if you can work the way you were before. Not only can't they do that, even if it's difficult to accommodate you, they still have to find a way to do it. We call this accommodation to the point of undue hardship. In other words, even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, they have to find a way. Now, of course, at some point it may be too difficult, too unreasonable to accommodate you. But John, in my experience, in most cases, when the company says, no, no, we can't do this, we're not gonna accommodate, they're just not trying hard enough. They're not going as far as they could or should go. And again, that's a failure to accommodate. That's a human rights violation. If you're ever trying to come back to work and the company's not cooperating with you and your doctor, you should always be concerned. Always a good time to call me at that point. Oftentimes, I can kind of give the company a bit of a kick in the pants if needed <laughs> or solve it differently. But don't just take your employer's word when they say they can't accommodate. In that, we will take a short break and get right back to more. You want to send along an email, you uh, you have some time. Here's how you do it. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. After the show, you want to reach out to Lior. He'll uh, hook you up with himself. Remember of his team, no problem. Answer your questions. That is 1-855-821-5900. And the website you can use anytime to learn and to uh, use the severance pay calculator as well, by the way. Pocket Employment Lawyer. .ca and we'll continue employment law show lots more coming up here if you're Calgary Edmonton and Vancouver stand by we're coming right back all right welcome back employment law show a few minutes to go good to have you along for the ride anytime you want to contribute uh, you can do so email help at employmentlawyer.ca but beyond that you want to reach out to Lior have more of a uh, private lengthy conversation about your matter or you're calling on behalf of someone else people do that all the time and it's great they have friends or family that don't hear the show and they just think you know what I know someone who should be talking to you and they and they lead you right to Lior and how do you do that you go to one 821 5900 one 855 2-1-5-900. You can also use the website prior to that to see if it uh, fits the bill, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. How about that, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use that uh, Use that anytime. Uh, Dave, Dave's up next. Says, hey, Leon, about to leave my current job to take a position with a different company. This is a very difficult decision for me because I've been with a company for 10 years. What do I need to watch out for when I sign? Oh, this is a this this email is huge. What do I need to sign? Uh, watch out for when I sign my new employment agreement. Wow, this will take a bit of time, but a good one. It's an important one, and he's very oh, smart yeah. to be thinking about these things because an employment agreement is honestly one of the most important documents you're ever going to sign. 
And if you're signing without understanding what you're agreeing to, it could cause you a huge amount of uh, grief and, and problems later on. So let's break this down. Number one, if he's uh, starting a new job after uh, you know working somewhere for 10 years, I'd be, I would caution him to not agree to be on probation. You know, why leave a secure job just to mm-hmm. go somewhere and be on probation? So if there's something that puts him on probation, uh, I would definitely negotiate that out of there. That's number one. Number two is let's focus, for example, on termination. I know it may sound strange to think about termination when he's about to start a new job, but that's the time to think about it. Why? Because it's likely that the employment agreement that he's going to be presented has language in it that tries to limit his future termination entitlements. So if he signs that, and let's say five years from now the company lets him go, it could be the difference between him getting only five weeks of severance, because the agreement limits him, to getting maybe 10 months of severance. That could be a massive, massive difference. So you want to be careful. He needs to be careful to ensure that he doesn't give up his entitlements to severance. At some point, if he does, that can cost him tens of thousands of dollars. Other things to look for is this. Are there terms in the contract or in the employment agreement that allow the company to change your compensation or to change your job responsibilities? Oftentimes, an employment agreement says, uh, we're going to pay you a salary of $80,000, but we have the discretion to change it. Or it says that we're going to hire you into the position of marketing manager, but we have the ability to change that job. So essentially what that means is you're agreeing to get paid whatever the company wants to pay you and to do whatever the company wants to give you. So that's ridiculous. You would never want to do that. Also be careful from non-competition agreements. Yes. Uh, You you don't want to sign something that says you can't work in the industry for three years if you were to leave. So there's a lot of things to watch out for. The good news, though, John, is it is possible to negotiate these terms. Once you've identified those terms, you can go to your employer and say, listen, there's some things I want changed. Now, I'm not suggesting you go with a long laundry list of 10 things, but it's absolutely fine and appropriate to go with two or three things that you really care about and negotiate those things. It's, it's easily done. Happy to chat with you about it. But look beyond just what your salary is or how, much, how many weeks vacation. If you don't care now, trust me, you'll, ca- you'll care later. Those non that non compete you mentioned. I mean, maybe you should look at his other contracts as well. But I mean, are they are they super enforceable? I mean, you said watch out for it and you know highlight it for sure. But what are the ramifications if you just kind of go eh, eh, whatever? Well, the, in most cases, for most people, unless you're in a very very senior position, a non competition obligation is not enforceable. Our courts have said over the years that they don't like things that prevent people from working and earning a living. So because of that, for most people, they're not enforceable. But despite that, you still have to be very careful and watch out for these non-competition obligations. Because it may not be enforceable, but that's not going to stop your employer uh, from trying to enforce it. That means they'll sue you if you ever were to breach it. And yes, you will win that lawsuit. I can almost guarantee you that. But that's still going to be a a miserable experience and an expensive one as well. So it's very dangerous to just sign something and disregard it. My advice always is if you sign something, you have to be prepared to live with it. That's my best advice. We're going to move on to uh, to Bill. Bill says, hey, Leora, I just received notice that our office will be shutting down in a year, 12 months. 
I want to leave to take another job. Can I get severance? So the short answer is no. So if your company gives you advance notice of your termination, they're telling you today that 12 months from now you're out of a job. We're giving you 12 months notice. If you leave before then, then you're not entitled to severance. You're you're considered to have resigned. And that may sound strange, but wait a second. The company has said that they're letting me go. How can that be a resignation? Well, the company said they're letting you go in the future and you're leaving now. So because of that, it becomes a resignation. Now, keep in mind, depending on how much notice they gave him, they may owe him severance once he's actually terminated. They may owe additional compensation. But that's only if he stays there until the end. Sure, if he has a good opportunity now and and he wants to take it, that may may be more important than getting severance. Absolutely, I get that completely. But you have to remember that if you leave before your last day, uh, even though you, you don't want to be there, who's going to want to be there, right, if they've already been told they're going to be let go? Yeah. The law would consider that to be a resignation, meaning you're going to forego any possible severance, uh, severance rights that you would otherwise have. Again, anytime reaching out, uh, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Nancy, up next, says, uh, Lior, my boss is always very rude and demeaning. He yells at me regularly and puts me down in front of other employees. I've talked to HR several times about this, and they keep saying that they know they'll speak to him. So far, nothing has changed. I'm very stressed, and I'm losing sleep. How do I make this harassment stop? Well, certainly, she has a right, we all do, to work in a harassment-free work environment, right? We all have the, the very basic right to work in a place that's not mistreating us, that's not impacting our health, and you know, we're, we're not being demeaned and bullied. So... What happens when the company, despite that, uh, is allowing harassment to happen is that that company could be on the hook for potentially human rights damages, depending on the situation. That could also be considered a constructive dismissal. Now, the key is always to be able to show, to prove, if you will, what the harassment is. So my, my question always is, how do we prove it? Do you have anything to corroborate it? Because the, the person that's harassing you is not just going to admit it. So do we have any emails, recordings, witnesses, something that, that's been uh, created to corroborate it? If not, no big deal. Let's start recording stuff now or documenting stuff now. Have a journal where you write stuff down when it happens or send an email to someone confirming what happened to you today. That's a very good way. And if despite this, HR doesn't do anything about it, then enough is enough. We can get you out of there with compensation. We can get you severance so that you don't have to continue suffering, making your health worse. Uh, worse. An employer has to take these things seriously. They have to investigate harassment allegations, and they have to take measures to to make them go away. And if they don't, yeah, there's going to be significant consequences, John. Let's get to uh, Daryl here quickly in the last couple minutes of the show. Daryl says, I was just given a termination letter that offers me 26 weeks severance after 13 years with my company. HR manager says, yep, two weeks severance per year. That's standard. Does it make sense to contact you in this particular circumstance? Two weeks per year is not standard. It's not appropriate. It's not the law, not even close to it. it. It's one of the main reasons why we started the show all these years ago because of this falsehood. Your entitlements are much more significant than that. In fact, this person, after his 13 years, at a minimum would be owed a year's pay and could be as much as 18 months, depending on his age and position. So at best, what they've offered him, John, is half of what he's owed. That's a wrongful dismissal. 90% of the time, 
When someone has let go, they're offered a lot less than what they're owed. That's why it's important to get legal advice. That's why it's important to go to the severance calculator, which you can find at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. doesn't matter what the company says, what they offer, matters what the law says you should have. And in this case, John, yeah, he is owed at least double what the company has offered. And that is pretty much going to wrap her up for another show. Really appreciate all the correspondence you taking the time to write these emails. It's uh, it's all you know the stuff you ask. Everybody wonders. You're helping thousands of people every time you contact us and become part of the show. You can do so now that we're done as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and that website uh, that has the severance pay calculator to blow apart that two week per year myth. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca. That's the one. And finally, the phone number, 1-855-821-5900. And we'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.